There are so many ways that you can practice self-love by just living your life with intention with everything you do. And by doing that, there are things that will fall out of the way, whether it's, I mean, everyone does it, but scrolling Instagram or, you know, watching shows that don't serve you or eating crap food that makes you feel bad. If you live life aligned, all of the things that don't make sense for you will fall out. Happy Valentine's. We love you. Yeah, we love you so much. (laughs) You're single, taken. It's complicated. We love you. I know. I was thinking of other statuses. Did you ever do that in Facebook? I I think I did that. I was like, it's complicated with like... I would love to know the it's complicated ones I did. Wow. Probably best friends. There was someone that I know that... Oh my God, my friend Kristen, who you've met, Sloan. Oh yeah, love Sloan. So at Miami (laughs) where I went to college... We were the Red Hawks and the Red Hawk had a nickname. It was like hockey or something. (laughs) Don't tell me. Sloan was, it's complicated with like hockey, hockey, the Red Hawk. Of course. It was amazing. (laughs) Dude, that was so fucking funny. And then one day he just dropped her. Oh, that's so... Were they friends? Dude, no. We had no idea who this person was. She just requested... But he accepted it. And he accepted it. And he was like official. That's cool as hell. Oh my God. I'm going to message her right now. (laughs) Remember when you were complicated with hockey? Yeah. I remember when I told Justin, I was like, hey, you should put in a relationship on your Facebook. Oh my... (laughs) Yeah. Remember when that was like... That was the the defining moment. Yep. When they would switch that. Oh, 100%. And I had to tell him. I'm like, hey man, you got to change this. (laughs) He's like, hey, man, don't tell me what to do. Literally. He was like, uh, I haven't been on Facebook since 1992, but okay. It, it's so funny how it's so stupid, but it actually, I remember feeling either excited for or nervous about or anxious around that. Totally. Around that switch. And I don't know why, because it's so public. And you would do, na- like some people would put their names in a relationship with some people just put in a relationship. Yeah. I think mine just says in a relationship. I don't think it says who with. Oh, right now. Yeah. I actually don't cute. know if it even says that. <laughs> I think mine just didn't say anything. Yeah. And then most people Forever. didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. But then when you would change it to single and yes. people would be like uh, direct messaging and be like, are you okay? Yeah. Honestly, what's going on? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> God. Glad that people don't do that shit anymore. Same. I don't even know what the, what's taken its place. I guess they're just kind of chill. I know. Yeah. I think people are getting more fluid. However, it does freak me out if I know someone's in a relationship and they don't have them on their Instagram, unless it's like a super curated, like specific Instagram. I'm like, huh? I, yo, say no more. (laughs) I'm like, there's something fucking fishy and I need you to know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you got that. You got so many characters and you're going to do that. What do you mean? Just like put their name. Oh yeah. Well, oh, I meant like, um, like they're on their Instagram. Oh, and they're not on their feed at all. There's no pictures oh, yes. of them together. I yes. think that's weird. I think people would say that about me. No, you have a, you have I've ones with Justin. Well. Yeah, Amy but Duncan was like, nice. I didn't even know that you had a boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I mean, people would know. I know if they fought. Yeah, yeah. But I completely agree with you. Like no sign, and you're just like, mm, mm. are you shamed? Actually, no, for like a lot of Instagram thoughts, they can't have their boyfriends on there. That's so it's part of the illusion fucking for a lot of like those and and also like the teen heartthrobs. You can't really have your. I think about that once a week. Yeah, because then people will ship you. Totally. You don't want to get shipped <laughs> with the wrong person. So uh, my YouTube, my shame of YouTube keeps me young. Um, but we wanted to bring you this episode as a special episode this week because we know it is a day of love, Mm -hmm. you know, with your friends, with yourself, with a partner, whatever it is. But we wanted to focus this episode solely on self-love and, you know, things that we're working on, things that we've learned and kind of talk about our self-love journey. So you guys can use this as a, um, an impetus for you to start to reflect and to really, you know, prioritize self-love and maybe to learn about self-love and to um, just get some insight into how we've kind of shifted our thinking on self-love in the past couple of years since starting the podcast and getting exposed to so many people that have different self-love practices and ideals. Yeah. I mean, the relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship. So you know, we've just found that certain practices or rituals have helped us to get closer to who we really are. And so much of, and we'll go into it, but so much of my life has been like looking outside of myself for the answers and the direction and the green lights to go and and do what I want to do. So I think the practice of self-love is really just coming back to yourself in any way that really resonates with you. Yeah. There is this article I want to link for you guys. And it said, um, talks about what self-love is really beautifully. It says self-love is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Self-love is dynamic. It grows by actions that mature us. When we act in ways that expand self-love in us, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses as well as our strengths, have less need to explain away our shortcomings, have compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find personal meaning, are more centered in our life, purpose, and values, and expect living fulfillment through our own efforts." And that is by Deborah Koshaba. And That's I will post great. the article on our um, on our site. But I thought that was a really, really beautiful That's way to beautiful. put it. That's really beautiful. What has your journey been like? Uh, let's see. So, you know, for me, self-love, I don't know. It's hard because I wonder if I, I was doing it, but didn't know it was called self-love or, uh, you know, because I for me, I'm like, I don't think I loved, I had a self-love practice until the most recent years, but I don't know if that's just being short-sighted in the way that I define self-love now. And maybe I did have ways of, you know, practicing self-love, but I think as I've, you know, turned 30 and coming into my own, there's so much more on my plate. So it almost forces me to do acts of self-love or 
to love myself and to be on a public platform, you know, speaking to you guys every week for many hours a week, I have to learn self-love so that I can show up and Mm. that I can um, be the best version of myself for you. But, you know, I definitely never really had a strong sense of self-love. I never, I don't think in my family, it's something that people do. I don't think it was encouraged, you know, where I was growing up to really love yourself or to have any acts of self-love. You know, maybe people would have thought it would be like getting a manicure for real or like eating ice cream when you're sad, but it was all pretty (laughs) shallow and, you know, but that's what everyone knew. And I was a part of that, you know, that's what we, we knew and we understood, but, you know, since moving to LA, the understanding of like what self-love means and what we can do to love ourselves more, to understand ourselves more, to accept ourselves more is just so much greater. And, you know, information like what you guys get from Almost 30 Podcast hopefully helps you to um, incorporate more self-love practices into what you do every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was kind of a, I was confused, like subconsciously confused. (laughs) So I, I was kind of taught by my parents and people older than me, but close to me, you know, to focus on my talents and really focus on myself. Like that was there. That was definitely there, but with an energy of you sacrifice in order to get there. So there wasn't this nurture, self-nurturing that was happening in order to reach my goals or to hone my talents. It was, you have to sacrifice, you have to put in the work at the expense of your friendships, your free time, your health, whatever it was. So that process was kind of skewed from a very young age. And then also, even though like the people I loved most were telling me to, to do all these things for myself and be independent and all of that, they weren't really exemplifying what self-love looked like. So I think as a kid, it's very hard to put that into practice if you don't have those examples living and breathing in front of you. And I'm sure you can relate And I I do think it's a generational thing. I mean, my parents lived for their kids, period, the end. They did not live for themselves, you know? So it's, I hope, and I know actually that we will be doing it differently. I know um, that it is of utmost importance that when I do have kids and I'm, you know, in a relationship that I take care of myself first in order to better serve them. But what I grew up with was, I was more apt to nurture and take care of other people before myself because that is quote unquote the right thing to do or the honorable thing to do. That's what love is. Exactly. So um, I just, I never saw people fill up their own cup before filling mine. So that's what I would do forever and ever in relationships and friendships. And then I was like, wait, why do I feel empty. Like, why does this not feel fulfilling? And so it's like the work now in present day, that's just kind of unwrapping that. And, um, yeah, it's interesting when, when kids are kind of sent these messages that are clear to the adults that they're sending, but then the adults aren't 
exemplifying that, I guess. Mm. Like what's an example of that? An example would be, I think with my dad and his health, you know, like he was an athlete when he was a kid and into his early adulthood, like a semi-professional athlete and knew the importance and value of, you know, 10 hour practice days and good nutrition and, and focus and all that. And then when I was, you know, when I was playing tennis a lot, he would kind of put that on me, like his experience and what works and, and be, he was my coach. And so, but at the time, what I was seeing him doing was quite the opposite of taking care of himself, you know, not sleeping, not eating well and other things, his stress levels were through the roof. So it was really hard for me to comprehend like the action and results when he wasn't really doing it himself. That almost overwhelmed me. I guess I'm like kind of empathetic in that way, like where his energy, like I could feel and like, I just didn't, I didn't get that. Cause I wasn't standing with the young adult who was putting in the practice and eating right and doing all the right things. Like I was standing with someone who wasn't doing that. Cause I do think like kids need that visual, need that energy mm. of what they're supposed to be doing instead of just being told with words, mm. you know? Yeah. So it's almost like he would say these things, but not be the example of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah. I wonder if back then, if like the example of it wasn't, didn't exist, you know what I mean? Like I feel like our knowledge and understanding of fitness and health and like what it takes to be great is so much deeper now. And I'm sure that he didn't know. Completely, completely. But yeah, I've just seen it my whole life and there's more examples of more, like, the, oh, for like sure. intimate examples of like relationship examples with them. And, and I think as you get older, you kind of resent that you're like, well, I didn't see that. So how could I do it? You know, but yeah, I've been able to, and one of my self-love, you know, practices is creating boundaries. Like, so with them and their relationship, I, you know, I, I love and adore them, but that particular relationship, I found myself almost becoming obsessed with fixing and obsessed with analyzing and being happy or sad about or frustrated or hopeful for like just all the emotions. And I'm like, Oh, that's not my relationship. That is not my relationship. (laughs) And I need to step back and really create a clear boundary energetically. And it's definitely helped to realize what I'm projecting onto them that I actually really want, you know? So it's, I really, and I was talking to, talking to you about this the other day where I really want affection and I'm projecting onto their relationship, the fact that they're not showing affection or whatever it is. Like, I'm sure a lot of you can relate with your parents. It's just a different generation and how they show their love. So I'm like, they don't show affection. And I'm like, wait a second. Like I, really want affection, you know, like it's really me. So that's been helpful in, in terms of tuning in to my own needs, maybe what's missing or what I'm doing in excess or where I can, you know, you know, just kind of tune in and, and listen more. I think that's beautiful. And I know it's like with the boundaries thing as an act of self-love, 
it feels weird, but like, it's not your journey. It's not your story. You know, unfortunately with the parents, you know, I think about my boundaries too, which I set a long time ago, almost like as a way to defend, you know, like protect myself. I set boundaries probably like six years ago with my family that really, really stand true today. But in doing so, you know, probably a way as like a act of rebellion, but now has just been such a way for me to figure out who I am, to be myself, to, um, manage my emotions more so, you know, because I would just get sucked into their emotions, their feelings, what my parents were working on. And I'm not probably going to be the best person for them to learn lessons from. Cause I'm a kid, you know, so in their eyes, so it would be like, so much energy that I'd be wasting on trying to change them, fix them. And they probably feel the same about me, to be honest. So yeah, I think the boundaries with family are so important too, especially when you want the best for them. You want love for them. You want all of these things, but they're stuck in a pattern. You know, I'm not saying your parents are stuck in a pattern, but my parents in my case are stuck in a certain patterning in their life. And it just takes so much more to, you know, change people and it might be someone that they hear on a podcast one day that says one thing that changed their life, but it's probably not going to be me that's yeah. going to be doing that. So yeah, boundaries is a huge thing for self-love with family or even with in um, your workplace, you know, relationships that you have in your workplace or friendships that you have. You know, if you need to create boundaries with a friend, maybe someone shares too much, or maybe someone needs a little bit more than you can give. I had to set a boundary with a friend uh, about two years ago because I wasn't, you know, at a place where I could be that person for them that would continuously be talking about certain things or reliving certain things or, you know, the energetic expenditure that I had was not able to, you know, fulfill that person at that time. So I had to set a friendship boundary. And I think that it's really hard. And, you know, I would say that the friendships that I've had to create boundaries with or boundaries have been created with me are some of the hardest times and some of the hardest things to realize, but that has to be for you to be you know, for you to be living in the body you are, the life that you want to live, you need to make sure that you are taking care of your energy and you are being mindful of like, who's taking it and who could be taking a little bit too much of it, leaving none for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boundaries is beautiful. So that is one of the first ways that we have really um, flipped or really rethought self-love. And, um, mine is, or one that I've really been working on is, um, being really honest. So, um, we, when I was in, uh, Vancouver, I met this woman, her name is Clarite of Clarite Wellness, or no, sorry, her name is Colette of Clarite Wellness out of Vancouver. And I got an amazing facial from her. She's an intuitive. Mm. I talked about this before, but she really encouraged me to be more honest and to, speak my truth more, to speak my mind more. That is something that I've been really doing this year is being present enough in the moment to respond in the way that I would want to have myself respond if I was thinking about it five minutes from now. So there's oftentimes so many times in our life where someone will say something or something will happen and we're like, oh, I wish I would have said this. Oh, I wish I would have replied and said this. You know, I think about that often, you know, when someone says something that maybe was a little off color or, you know, a comment was made or, or a situation happened where I wish that I had been more present that I could have replied. And, you know, right now I'm working on being so present that I can honestly reply and participate in every 
situation and part of my life. So with the honesty, you know, it is a little uncomfortable and at times it can be a little harsh seeming and it doesn't feel necessarily natural for me to be very clear and very honest with everyone. And that means being honest about what feels aligned to me, what doesn't feel aligned to me, what feel aligns for almost 30, what doesn't feel aligned, um, any feedback I have with anyone that we do business with, any feedback I have with Justin, um, any feedback that I have with whoever in my life. But um, being really honest has been something that just makes my like soul sing you know, that I am confident enough in the fat, in the belief of what I'm saying so much so that I can say it very clearly and honestly, and know that on the other side, if they take it negatively, that we could work through that and that it's okay if emotions arise on my end or their end and knowing that I am supportive enough and how I feel, um, and giving people the opportunities to support me and to be very honest. I think that's a really good point about like giving people the opportunity to respond to your honest thought or feedback because so often we just assume that they are going to be hurt or freak out or take it the wrong way. And I don't think we're giving people, and I literally am the biggest perpetrator of that. And I I don't think we're giving people the credit that they deserve, that they are evolving too. And maybe this moment is just as much of a learning experience for them as it is for you. And I think what's helped me too, and I've been kind of watching you do it and it inspires me to do it more often as well, that to insert a breath before whatever it is you want to say that is maybe honest or something you wouldn't normally say because you're used to just keeping it, you know, comfortable or PC or whatever it is. But the breath really helps to ground not only myself, but the other person. And it's looking into their eyes and just kind of taking in the situation or whatever they just said. And because then instead of like, they say something and you're like, you know, it just comes out. And then the person is automatically put on the defense or their, their nervous system is a little bit shocked by that quick response. So if you are thoughtful enough to take a moment, I think they'll be able to settle into whatever you're going to say and take it in a way that would be, you know, productive on the other side. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and when you were talking, it reminded me that the honesty needs to come from a place that is where you are being mindful, you know, so I'm doing my best to be mindful in everything I do in life to meditate, to, you know, do all of these things. So when I have an honest thought, I definitely check it through, you know, I definitely like run it through a little bit of a filter in, um, not, you know, maybe changing a little bit of verbiage to, to what I'm saying, to make it a little bit softer. Um, but really to make sure that, you know, it's coming from not an ego driven place. It's coming from a place of truly, this is how I feel. And this needs to be said to get to a better place. So as an example, within our business, there was something that needed to be said, um, a piece of feedback um, that normally in a situation, I probably wouldn't have said it, you know, I probably would have let it go. But for our business, it was very important that I clearly communicated something that I was feeling because 
they never had the opportunity to receive that feedback. They wouldn't have known. And it is for the benefit of the business and it has nothing to do personally. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my act of self-care 2019 is to continue to be honest, continue to be a big old bitch, <laughs> be, <laughs> be a big old, big, big old B, big old bitch. Um, and just be really upfront with people and be really present with people. Be also really kind, but to fully express you know, what I'm thinking, uh, in the best way possible has been like really empowering. What a high to be honest and kind. Yo, you know what I mean? Like when I say something that is honest and kind and comes from a heart centered place, I just feel so fucking good. It almost doesn't, it almost does not matter their reaction. Cause I'm like, I, I came from a place of love and I know it. And I, you know, it just completely agree. So good. Something else that I've been doing or wanting to practice more is like honoring the space between where I am and what I want. So it's like, yes, we have goals and yes, we have things on the calendar and things to look forward to and deadlines and all these exciting things. Right. But I, I find myself not being so present on the in-between. So I think, you know, there's room to have more fun. There's room to not think so much on the in-between and just kind of like allow yourself to move with the energy around you and to get out in nature more. I just, for me, my, my habit would be to just, okay, so I have to be doing something right now because I have a destination a goal, a thing that I need to achieve. So I should be doing something that works towards that and just not putting as much pressure on that time. Like I, I, I believe if the why is clear with what we are doing and what we're working towards that, that space in between will be naturally inspiring, will be naturally nourishing to, to us as people and will help us to evolve. Yeah. I guess it's the idea of just like being more instead of doing more. Yeah. And honoring where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, one scroll on Instagram and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like I could be somewhere else and I could be doing this and I could be doing more of that. And they're there. And the fact that they're there, maybe there's no room for me. There's just this major detrimental FOMO Um, anytime I slip into the comparison game and, you know, it's, I, if I sit down and really think and feel into my body of where I am, I am really happy and proud, Mm. you know? Yes. Completely agree. Yeah. And I think as the last one, um, just living as intentionally as possible, you know, we're so lucky that almost 30 is provides us the opportunity to live so intentionally. Um, but even before that, you know, I always had the intention to find something that would help me be the best version of myself to change the world. So, um, finding opportunities within your life to live more intentionally are acts of self-care, you know, are whether that's to intentionally love your partner the most you can on a Tuesday 
to really fill up their cup and see them for everything that they are. Or if that's to take five minutes for your tea in the morning and to think about how far you've come in the past year, or if it's, um, to live intentionally, you know, to serve others. There are so many ways that you can practice self-love by just living your life with intention with everything you do. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, there are things that will fall off, fall out of the way, whether it's, I mean, everyone does it, but scrolling Instagram or, you know, watching shows that don't serve you or eating crap food that makes you feel bad. If you live life aligned, all of the things that don't make sense for you will fall out. Completely. That's such a good one. Love it. So we have boundaries, which is a big one. We have honesty. We have honoring yourself in the process as you grow. And then we have living intentionally as our four favorite ways to practice self-love right now, February, 2019. So we would love to hear how you guys are practicing self-love this February for Valentine's day. You can DM us or you can share it on Instagram. And then you can also mention it. We'll be having a conversation about this in the secret Facebook group. It would mean so much to continue the conversation about how we can love ourselves more. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening as always. And if this episode's episode resonates with you, maybe you share it with uh, the people that are closest with you. That's how we grow. And we really do appreciate it on a very deep level. So happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Love you. Love you.